Shalom, Shabbat Shalom. Uh, as always, a special Shabbat. As always, give all praise to the Most High Yah for allowing us to be in the house once again, uh, for allowing us to um, be able to uh, see another another day, another Shabbat to get here once again. Um, you know, we all have our uh, daily or weekly struggles, but uh, Yah is good. To get us where we need to be. Okay. Um, but as we always say, peace and shalom to all the family that's uh, here in the building today. Um, peace and shalom to all those who might watch uh, the video later. Um, as we always say, it's uh, uh, peace to the tribes of Israel and to all those who have joined themselves to Mashiach, uh, making one full body. Okay. Peace to all of the believers. Uh, as Shaul says to the Yahudim, then to the nations, um, this gospel is for you. And last but not least, um, the people that are in poverty, the poor, the sick, uh, the we've got some people just in some bad places, just bad, just stuck on dope, just all kind of stuff. We got a lot of people in some bad situations, and we know for a fact that the power of the gospel um, that Mashiach can pull you. He's the great fisherman. He is the great hunter. He is the great physician. Everything about him is great. Um, so there is nothing that we go through or that anybody is dealing with that Yahshua cannot correct, that he cannot heal. Um, as we, think we said last week, that he's knocking at the door. He's knocking at the door. We got to let him in. We got to let him in. Um, so this word is for you. Um, well, we are here once again today. Our title is Decoding the Past. Okay, and this is part one. We'll, we'll kind of take a, a small timeout. It's not a big timeout, but a small timeout uh, from our usual preaching and teaching. And we're still going to be preaching and teaching. Um, but we're going to... Uh, uh, go with the flow of BHM, okay, Black History Month. Um, for some odd reason, you know, it's the it's the one time where uh, most people of color are going to be open to hearing anything about themselves beyond what they really don't know. So this will be a time that um, you know we will release some information, reveal some information. We'll look at some things in the scripture. We'll look at some things in history. Um, and one thing about our Bible, our Bible is it is a large history book. You know, I run across a lot of people that do not believe the word, you know. And I say, okay, well, um, were there ever a Babylonians? Were there ever people called Babylonians? Like, did they have kings and, you know, and those same kings are recorded in the Bible, you know. You have, you know, you like the Spartans, right, the movie Spartan, well, you know, that Persian kingdom, it's also in your Bible, you know. So uh, the scriptures is a history book. Um, but, you know, we live in a we live in a unique time. We live in the last days. So there are new um, ideas, new lies, new strategies, new new snares to trap up the people of Yah. Um, and uh, it is uh, the light, the job of the light to expose the darkness, 
okay, mm-hmm. to reprove it, to expose it. Mm-hmm. And lies is darkness. Mm-hmm. Okay, all of us have one thing in common. If you're on, if you're on the Sabbatarian or the Shabbat side, that you realized, and I was lied to. Mm-hmm. Everybody got that in common, from the Easter Bunny to Santa Claus to uh, Sunday. Um, Cupid, uh, 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 when you're a kid, you, you know your teeth come out. You know you're excited because you're about to get some money. Tooth fairy gonna come and, and break you off a little change. Okay, um, uh, so so there are so many things uh, that surround societies, right? That surrounds the globe. Um, this is one reason why we can see my see why Mashiach would call the ugly one the father of lies. lies. So a part of light is to expose the lie. Okay. And those are things, um, and kind of getting ready for this uh, presentation, because we'll kind of tackle this, uh, these next four um, Sabbaths, was that I was listening to a, uh, a lecturer, and they said something, and I understood exactly what she said. Um, because I've said it before, I, I had to throw my history degree away. You know, like once you start realizing stuff, you know, the things you learn in books, things you learn in school, things that are kind of put, you realize the depth of programming, mm-hmm. right? If it's, it's, you know, it's one thing to have a gun or a sword up to somebody to make them do something. But if I can control your mind, if I can control your God, mm-hmm. if, 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 I can, if I can control that, then I don't, you know, it's not always about the gun or in the old days the sword because at some point, I'm gonna get a sword too. Then my my might, my military might, or my or my my reasoning, or my power, you know, it can be snatched, right? Because a gun versus a gun. But if I could if I could control your mind and you are self uh, reproductive of what I've put in your head or put in your heart, then that's even that's even better. Okay, then you then you become my sheep, okay, or you become my puppet, you know, and I'm just pulling your I'm pulling your strings and just, you know, just like the, the little the puppets back in the day. You know, they can do all this stuff. Hey, somebody's pulling their strings. Mm-hmm. So this part one in decoding the past, we're going to talk about narrative today. Um, and, and this is a, 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 a uh, unique, but we're going to look at narrative. And we have to, so the lecturer. So the lecturer said mm-hmm. that when it comes to history, you have to, Leave your emotions at the door. I understood exactly what she said. Because you, we've been told certain things, we've been taught certain things, and then you hang on to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you really do hang on to it. And then when you realize that that's not true, or that's not accurate, or you know there are, are uh, uh, valid sources to prove A, B, and C, you become emotional, right? So, so we're going to start this first part off with seeing the narrative. We're going to use our scripture as always. Uh, we're going to look at some uh, books and some quotes and some things and tie it all together. And the, the theme of today is seeing the narrative. Right now, there's one thing we all got to see, okay, that um, Yahshua has a problem with sin. Yahshua has a problem with sin, right? So the, the, the greatest battle for everybody, okay, everybody, myself included, is what? Sin, mm-hmm. yes. right? If there is a, a, a problem 
with man and Yahshua, who is the door, who is the way, mm-hmm. right? You cannot get to the Father, but by, brother, real quick, give me John 6 and 44. Mm-hmm. Real quick. And somebody else, give me Romans uh, uh, 15 and 4, please. John 6 and 44, and then somebody give me Romans 15 and 4. I got Romans. John 6 and 44. Uh-huh. No one is able to come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, mm. and I shall raise him up in the last day. So no one. He did say no one, right? No. So we have the great, we have the son of Elohim speaking and say, hey, you know what? You ain't going unless he draws you mm-hmm. like he called me. So if he... If, if his hand ain't in it, this is not happening. Okay, he is that door. Okay, who, who got Romans 15 and 4? For whatsoever things were written aforetime, uh-huh. written for our learning, uh-huh. that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Might have hope. So for a believer, your hope lies in the scriptures. scriptures. Mm-hmm. So there are some things, a lot of things, that deal with prophecy. When we get to the New Testament... It was written and foretold about somebody's that some way Yah was going to do something big. They didn't really even understand how he was going to do it. They, they really didn't get it. But then, when he, then, it, then, it, then it happened. Now it becomes a hard thing because some received, some didn't. Some walked with him. Think about this. People walked with Yahshua. And then he gave a hard word. Eat of my flesh. Drink of my blood. Now you've been with him, you've seen him, you know it's him, you hear that, I'm, I'm out the door. Many walked away. He looked, he looked to the twelve and said, so what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Right, so as light shines and reveals things that are hidden, yes. right, we must embrace the truth and all of it, you know. I know, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a unique time in America, right? Uh, 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 race and color and it's mixed in sports now and politics and, and every, every aspect of everything. Um, but we have to be able to see the narrative and know that the father of lies is behind. Okay? And, um, you know, we have, to, we have to be able to appreciate truth. Okay? Appreciate truth. So with that being said, let me get to this. Make sure my thing don't fall. Okay. Could probably do it this way. All right. So had to put a disclaimer, right? Because I know somebody probably get on here and like, look, no. Disclaimer. All the personal beliefs and lifestyle of the non-biblical sources. So there'll be books. There'll be, you know, uh, uh, videos. There'll be whatever. Okay, that does not reflect the personal and biblical views of this fellowship. Okay, the sources only back up the points of this presentation, restoring the branches ministry. So I want to say that first and foremost. And remember, the point is seeing the narrative. Is there a is there is there something being played? Is there something? Is there? Am I in a movie? Am I playing a part? And I didn't even know it. I have a quote here by Dr. King. We are not makers of history. We are made by history. We are not makers of history. We are made by history. History never really says goodbye. History says see you later. Eduardo Galeano. 
think I said it right too. Eduardo Galeano. Yeah, watch out now. Watch out. Went down the border, straight some stuff out now. Watch out. <laughs> History is who we are and why we are the way we are. Thought that was a good one. History is who we are and why we are the way we are. History is a set of lies agreed upon. Napoleon said this. Interesting. History is a set of lies agreed upon. Mm. Hmm, interesting. To the victor belongs the spoils. To the victor belongs the spoils. So, if I, if, if, if me and brother over here, we got two armies, and his army defeats my army, he gets the goods, he also gets to tell the story. And he can say and do whatever he wants to when it comes to me because I am part of the spoil. I'm part of the spoil. He gets to write, he gets to write the book. He gets to write. He gets to tell it how he sees it. Okay? So the victor belongs to spoils. Okay, narrative is a quick definition by Miriam and Webster or Miriam Webster. Narrative, something that is narrated. So literally a story and account. Here's an example. He is writing a detailed narrative of his life on the island. Okay? A way of presenting or understanding a situation or a series of events that reflects and promotes a particular point of view or set of values. Okay? A way of presenting or understanding a situation. All right? So there is it can be a narrative uh, in like the media. Right? The, the media can control how you perceive something. Some people, you know, are crazy about, for example, the NBA player LeBron James. Well, there's a narrative around him. What's the narrative? He's the GOAT. He's the greatest of all time. He's the best player of all time. Forget Jordan. Forget Bird. Magic. The narrative of the media today is that he is the GOAT. That's an example, right? They have another one here, the rise of the Tea Party. There's so many narratives in our politics today. Right, whether it's red or blue, whether it's CNN or Fox, there is a particular narrative, and the narrative is about blank. Okay, think this, this the example they gave the rise of the Tea Party and the weakness of Obama economy have fueled the Republican narrative about big government as a threat to liberty. Okay, number two, the art of practice of narration, depending not on narrative but on intensity, derived from the variety to make the book jump. So I got I got to give you information that will make you move, think, act, believe a certain way. Okay. So this first part, we want to be able to see the narrative. Okay. And we're going to look at seeing the narrative uh, around uh, the so-called black, okay, so-called Negro, African American, um, uh, the colored, all the different names that have been used. Uh, we're going to look at the narrative around that today. Okay. We'll look what the scripture says, and we're going to look at history. So some of our sources will be people that are black, people that are white, people that are, you know, have a have an actual account of slavery. Some have an actual account of West Africa. Some have so it's going to be a lot of different people giving their point of view on a particular topic. We're going to try to tie all this stuff up together and try to decode the past. Okay, um, let's see here. Okay. The need for Christianity in West Africa. Okay, this is 
in those days, Sierra Leone was very unhealthful for Europeans. It was known as the white man's grave because of the conditions, the weather, the sun, the heat. Many missionaries had succumbed to fever. The Church Missionary Society decided, therefore, that if West Africa was ever to be won, the Church Missionary Society decided that if West Africa was ever to be won, what do we say? To the victor belongs the spoils. Okay. So if West Africa was ever to be won to Christianity, it would. So think about that. If West Africa was ever need to be won to to Christianity. So what do we talk about? A narrative, right? Getting you to believe or think something or be a certain way. It would have to be largely through native missionaries. That's from the world's great men of color, J.A. Rogers, page 338. So in other words, that they would need to get people from within to convert. They would have to have people from within. And this same guy that they're talking about, we're going to talk, we're going to look at him a little bit later. Um, but but so there is a aspect of colonizing, invading, okay, and all of it can be about war. Okay. Um, well actually it was if we look at the tribals from within. Um, and one of the things, and we're not going to look too much about it uh, this year, we did last year, but all we talked about last year about all the different characteristics traits, culture, um, ancient Hebraic practices in West Africa. Okay. Um, uh, so, okay, this is Slave Ships and Slaving by George Francis Dow. So remember, the narrative, painting a picture or a story. Look at this. A slave market was set up at Lisbon at which Negroes from the, from the Guinea coast, West Africa, were sold to any who would buy. It was the Moors. It was the Moors. What did the Moors do? They had told the Portuguese, 1440s, mid-15th century, the first Europeans to arrive were the Portuguese. It was the Moors, okay, Moors from Morocco, Moors from Morocco, Moorish, Latin means black. So it was the Moors who had told the Portuguese of the black-skinned people living in great number to the south of the Great Desert. What desert? The Sahara. So we're talking about under the Sahara, okay, on the coast of West Africa. And you won't believe what the Moors told the Portuguese about these particular people, the south of the desert. They're a race cursed of God and predestined as slaves. So do we see a narrative being painted? So the narrative around these people south of the Sahara who was put on ships is that they're cursed of God and predestined as slaves. Do we, do we, so we see the narrative. We see the narrative. Okay, that, and that's on page one. Good book. That's on page, that's page one. Bam! Just right there. So it was the Moors who had told the Portuguese the black-skinned people living in great number to the south of the great desert a race cursed of God and predestined destined as slaves. Zechariah 8 and 13. And it shall come to pass that as ye were a curse among the heathen. A curse among who? The heathen. the heathen. O house of Judah and house of Israel. So we just have a, a guy here who's a Moor who Moors are not um, 
Arabs, but Moors would have practiced Islam, right? Arab is a, is a people, a people group, and Islam would just be a religion, like Christianity, Judaism, uh, you know, all the isms. Um, so, so a lot of Moors in that time would have practiced Islam. So we have, so sometimes you get them intertwined, um, Arabs and Moors, um, but, but the Moors are people and Arabs are people once they had invaded and pretty much took over uh, North, North Africa and, and eventually West Africa. Uh, so oh, as it come to pass that as you were a curse among the heathen. So the book just said that, hey, these people down here, they are a curse and, and they're cursed of God. O house of Judah and house of Israel, so will I save you. And ye shall be a blessing. Fear not, but let your hands be strong. So something will be going on with the house of Judah and the house of Israel. So we're talking about these tribes, wherever they are among the heathen, and they'll be deemed as a curse. So once again, it was the Moors who had told the Portuguese of the black-skinned people living in great number to the south of the great desert, a race cursed of God and predestined as slaves. So most people don't know. We talked a lot about this last year, not this, as much this year. Um, but the transatlantic slave trade, there was a trade before, right, called the Trans-Saharan. Okay, so we have the Moors invading and conquering Egypt in 642, 640, 7th century. They conquer Egypt, and from the, that point all the way up until the 1440s, we had this, so like almost a seven, eight hundred years of slavery, okay, going the other way. You know, it was the same people, right, because we just hear him saying it was the Moors who had told the Portuguese, they don't get there to the 1440s, okay, of the black-skinned people living in great number uh, to the south. So one of the things that the Torah tells us, the people of Israel will be scattered all over, okay, and we talked about these different words. Hebrew sometimes wanted to scatter, I think it means poots, and that when I hit the rock, it's not necessarily me hitting the rock, but the way the rock shatters in pieces and goes all over. So I got a rock on the ground, I got a sledgehammer, and I take the sledgehammer and boom, and then the scattering is the rocks going all over the place. This shall come to pass as you will curse among the heathen the house of Judah and house of Israel, so will I save you. Okay, so you need to be in a situation where Yah must save. You got to be in a situation where he will save, and ye shall be a blessing. Fear not, but let your hands be strong. Okay, now, um, I like history. I like the History Channel, if you're familiar with the History Channel. Um, and on their website, which is a really good uh, website, on their website, it, you know, and I just wanted to show that it was the History channels website okay all right and the topic is uh i think was black history now here's another picture black history timeline so they so the history channel okay not jeremy vonner don't jump on me black history timeline on the history channel says the history of african-american begins with slavery i didn't say it i'm just repeating it the history of African Americans begins with slavery. Well, that's interesting. So remember the word narrative. So a part of decoding the past is that you got to see the narrative. Someone's painting a narrative. Who's painting it? Oh, I was the Arab man. It was the 
Moorish man, it was the white man. I thought that it was the principalities. I thought that the fight that we fight is a spiritual fight. I thought the fight was not against flesh, but, but the entities behind. I thought he was the father of lies. You follow me? Okay. So, on the History Channel, their website, I like History Channel. The history of African American begins with slavery. Scratch your head. As why European settlers first brought Africans to the continent to serve as slaves. The fate of slaves in the United States would divide the nation during the Civil War. Okay, if we know our history, we'll know that the Civil War was not about slavery. Anyway, the fate of the slaves of the United States would divide the nation during the Civil War. And after the war, the racist legacy of slavery would persist, spurring movements of resistance, including the Underground Railroad, the Montgomery Bus Cop, uh, and the Selma to Montgomery March. Through it all, black leaders, artists, and writers would emerge to help shape the character and identity of a nation. Okay, so remember, this premise starts, they're saying, hey, the history begins with slavery. So, when's the start date? Well, 1619. Well, uh, that's kind of not, you know, slavery started technically from the West Coast in 1440. <laughs> so, you have like a whole another 100, 200 some years where there's like, I guess, nothing. Then I guess before 1440, there was nothing. We see, the, we see the narrative? Okay. All right. Even Chris Brown, the dancer, he get it. He like, that don't even sound right. And I'm not right in my head. That don't even sound right. Uh, Chris Brown, like I said, we don't support Chris Brown. But I couldn't, I, I could not resist. Brother Face was funny. Okay. Slavery comes to North America, 1619, which technically um, there was Spanish explorers as early as 1550. Um, so we have like another 60 years. You have some written accounts of uh, a Dutch bringing slaves. So, uh, but whatever, whatever. So does black history begin with these slave ships? Okay, right, is that, so that's what the History Channel says. Is that where it begins? That's it? So if I wanted to control the narrative, if I wanted you to think a certain way, or be a certain way, right, then I would have to control information and just keep it locked up. Just, you know, just don't let it out, right? Just keeping a secret. Well, let me see what the scriptures say about that. Okay, the author's questions to the readers is a good book. This is one, we talked about this last year, Dr. Joel, uh, uh, Joel Freeman, Great website. Uh, just his man. He's he's good. He's very very good. Very good in his history. Very good with the psychology. Just just good. Him and Don Griffin. Okay, so you have a white doctor and you got a black man. Wrote a book called Return to the Glory: The Powerful Story of the Black Man. Okay, and, and the authors, both these authors, had a great question. Why would anybody purposely distort the history of my people? What's the what's what's the point? What's up with the cover up? What can I do to correct the deception? That's on page 15, if anybody wants to check it out. But, um, so, but the narrative, right? You have to see that there is a narrative. Okay, I think somebody brought up in Torah class that how can I get help if I don't even know I got a problem? Right? right? right. Everybody got an alcoholic, a dope head, a meth head, a crack head, a pothead, 
some kind of head in their family. Stealing head, lying head, crazy head. You got some kind of head in your family. But they cannot get that certain issue addressed if I don't even admit that there's a problem. Right? So the, the people of Yah, the temples that we are, the light that shines out, should do what? It should shine light so that they can see the problem. Right? So we have to we have to put, you know, our own pro we've all been programmed. All of us have been programmed, some kind of shape, form, or fashion. Okay. Which which we we get it because there is a higher powers at hand. Okay? To keep the lively stones from coming together. I think as Peter calls it, because Yah wants to build up a spiritual house. That's what Yah wants to do. But the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Okay. So what about the way of life in West Africa? Okay, what about that out there? What about the kings of Ghana? The kings that sit there now, draped in gold. They ain't got none on, on, on them rappers today. Rappers ain't got none on kings of Ghana right now. Block bricks and blocks of gold. So much gold don't even look real. But that's why it was once called the Gold Coast. Okay, so we have that. Well, what about this? What about the millions of Ebo? Right now, the millions, and are very adamant that this is this is our culture. This is what my forefather told me. Right. Uh, what about that? But I thought History Channel said that the his that the African American started with slavery in 1690. I mean, that, that's History Channel. Not much clout History Channel got. They got their own channel. <laughs> they got a lot of clout. So what about that? Uh, never mind. Look at all people in the background. Look at that. Talits and koofy caps and fringes and everything. What about that? Egyptian artifacts in North America. Hmm. For years, Eurocentric archaeologists have largely turned the other cheek when it came to the discovery of artifacts from ancient Egypt being discovered in Americas. According to Dr. David Imhotep, the author behind the book, the first Americans were Africans. Documented evidence, Egyptian artifacts, artifacts excuse me, found across North America, from the Algonquin writings on the East Coast to the artifacts of Egypt, places the names in the Grand Canyon are all signs of early arrival in the Americans by Africans. This is also paired with a much earlier account of black people with incredible skills at sea. Backed in 445 B.C., the Greek historian Herodias, Herodotus, yeah, wrote of King Ramsey III leading a team of Africans at sea with astounding seafaring and navigational skills together. Both accounts would point to Africans settling over the New World before Columbus. But I thought, you know, it started with 1619. Narrative. Narrative. But you know what they gave you? They gave you Wakanda. You can have Wakanda. Made up, fit, great movie now. I loved it. Kids loved it too. I, if I, when it come out, I miss around watch it again. But that's not factual. That's a movie. Got folks dressing up, going to the movies, but That's factual. What about the way of life in West Africa? Mm-mm. Not, nope, not, nope, 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 nope. Yeah, Wakanda. They got toys. They got, they got toys called Wakanda in Walmart right now. But if I want to control the narrative, or if I want to give you, if I just want to give you a narrative, 
give you the narrative. We got to be able to see it. Okay. Proverbs 18 and 8. The words of a talebearer are as wounds, and they go down into the innermost parts of the belly. Proverbs 18 and 8. The words of a talebearer. What talebearer means. And why does it why does it is used as wounds and why the innermost parts of the belly? Proverbs 18 and 8. Again, so we're gonna look at talebearer, talebearer. Okay. Uh, uh, near, near, near gone. Near gone. Good. <laughs> unused root. There's unused root meaning to roll to pieces. Murmur, whisper, chatter. Calumniator. I don't know. I was thinking Terminator of last night. Okay, but calumniator. I was like, man, what does that mean? I don't even know what that means. That word means to utter maliciously false statements. Mm. Charges or imputations about. You won't believe this, y'all. To endure the reputation of by. So to maliciously false statements, to utter it, charges, okay? To ruin reputation. So that's what our scriptures, that's what uh, we would see for talebearer. Okay, I think, I think we'll, we'll find this in Leviticus in our Torah. Uh, and then belly. Belly is, what's that, Hebrew people? <coughs> Say what now? Batan. Good, good. Okay, belly, womb, or body. Okay, belly, womb, or body. So, Hebrew, Hebrew thinking here, hollow. Okay, inside, depths, or seat of hunger, or seat of the mind. Seat of hunger, seat of the mind. So we got an eye, we now we have a better new understanding of tail bearer, and then belly. All right, the seat of your mind. So go back. Let's look at this again. The words of a talebearer, right? The maliciousness, false statements, etc., are as wounds, and the wounds affect what the the most innermost parts of the belly, deep inside. Deep inside. So the seat of emotions, the seat of your mind, the words of a talebearer. Huh? Interesting. Remember the narrative. And it didn't start to 1619. I ain't say it. They said it. I just took a picture of it. I used my clip art or snip art, whatever it's called. Okay. It's Dr. Walker. You got your volume? Why has the history of African peoples been erased? Well, we don't live in a fair world. Things aren't fair. You don't get equal opportunities. You get the opportunities that you create for yourself. And if someone gets in there first and they conquer you, they colonize you, they enslave you, they simply make your history disappear to make it look like they conquered, colonized, and enslaved nobodies. When people have a history, that makes you a somebody. So if you move the history, you become nobody. And so 
your history disappearing, nobody's lamenting the loss of that history. That's why conquerors, colonizers, and enslavers make the people whose history they've conquered, colonized, and enslaved disappear. There are psychological reasons why people would want to associate themselves with a history. There is a link between what someone thinks of themselves, what someone thinks of their people, and their history. Now, scholars talk about personal esteem. That means self-esteem. And then you have interpersonal or group esteem, which is what you think of your group or what you think of your race, racial esteem. Self-esteem and racial esteem are not the same thing. Someone can have very high self-esteem, where they think highly of themselves, and very low racial esteem where they think very badly of other black people. And in truth, most black people have very high self-esteem and very low racial esteem. And that's one of the reasons why black people are prone to fight each other, prone to disagree with each other, prone to conflict with each other, because someone thinks very highly of themselves and someone thinks very lowly of their group. And what happens is, if people can call each other the N and B word, they're really saying, I don't give a monkeys about the black race. They've really just said that their racial esteem is very, very low. But every black person usually has very high personal esteem. So if someone thinks highly of themselves and very lowly of their group, that is a recipe for fighting. That is a recipe for conflict. And the way to raise people's racial esteem is to introduce them to their history. Um, and if the history happens to be a great history, a history that people objectively can be proud of, they will see their people in a very different way to how they see their people at present. And that's the difference between high self-esteem, low racial esteem, to having a balance where you have high self-esteem and high racial or ethnic esteem. The purpose of my work generally is to build that psychological <coughs> balance between high personal esteem and high self-esteem. Okay. Can we hear that? Yes. Does that make sense? Work. Proverbs 6.28, a forward man soweth strife, and a whisperer, it's the same Hebrew word for talebearer, won't believe what a whisperer can do, separate chief friends. Mm. Uh, Proverbs 6.28. 16.28. Oh. Hmm? And it, 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 oh, you branded it, okay, so it's up on the screen for you, brother. Um, so... Uh, Rabbi Basil talks a lot about the Eve Nigba, okay, the entire western coast of um, West Africa, and he talks about it once being Eve Eve land, okay, Eve land. He's of the of the Ewe, okay, uh, tribe in West Africa, and he talks about how they're really all one people, 
but because of different things and so on and so forth, you know, they are separated. Now, something that people probably want to hear, but when it comes to the transatlantic slave trade, okay, you have Africans, Moors, Arabs, and Hebrews sold Hebrews. So the common denominator are the Hebrews. So when we go back and we study West African history, and you have the king of Dahomey and the king of the Ashanti, and they're fighting, these are both descended from the Israelites that migrated into Africa. So when they fight each other, the victory go the spoils go to the victor. Mm -hmm. So you know who's being sold to the Portuguese or the English or the Brit or whoever's on the coast, the loser. But we also have Moors. We also have Arabs. Now I didn't pull out the, the, the quote, but when the missionaries were going over to West Africa, they had to have a good understanding, I showed you this last year, of what of what two languages. See if anybody remember. There were two languages that the missionaries, the Christian missionaries had to know when they go over to West Africa. Hebrew and Arabic. Apparently, there were a lot of Arabs over there, and there were a lot of Hebrews over there, because you wouldn't have to know it. So, a forward man separates strife, and a whisperer, a talebearer, separateth cheap friends. Okay, so we have a scenario where we have a group of people who will always be selected out, right? We just read the Moors, right? The Moors is very, hey, these people are cursed by God. I mean, they're destined to be slaves. They're nobody, right? Isn't that what Dr. Think Walker just talked about? Yeah, they're nobody. Hmm. Okay. Now, once again, we're not, I don't believe in Islam. <laughs> not Muslim. No Allah. But once again, there are some things that he says that are very good. And also remind, you know, I was born in 1980. I did not live in the 60s. My mom popped me in my mouth when I was younger because I made a statement. I said, man, you know, if I'd have been around back then, she'd like, man, shut your mouth. You don't know what you would have done. So, you know, a lot of times we have to um, not try to, you know, go back to the future and go build a car and go back in the past and, and be in that moment in time. We have to, we have to, what forever things are written aforetime is for our Not learning. Who's the comfort and the patience of the scriptures we might have. Oh. So when certain things historically have happened, right, we're supposed to learn from it, grow from it. Okay, kind of get an understanding of it. Okay. So uh, let's what let's see what Mr. Malcolm says here. If you can't do for yourself what the white man is doing for himself, don't say you're equal with the white man. Who are you? You don't know. Don't tell me Negro. That's nothing. What were you before the white man deemed you a Negro? And where were you? And what did you have? What was yours? What language did you speak then? What was your name? It couldn't have been Smith or Jones or Bunch or Powell. That wasn't your name. They don't have those kind of names where you and I came from. No, what was your name? And why don't you now know what your meaning was then? Where did it go? Where did you lose it? Who took it? And how did he take 
your history? How did the man wipe out your history? How did the man, what did the man do to make you as dumb <laughs> as you are right now? This is American justice. This is American... Sorry. My bad. I don't know why. Ah. Anyway. Alright. So, who told you so? This is from, once again, Dr. Freeman and Mr. Ben Griffin, Mr. Don Griffin. Who told you so? The missing item is a large segment of their past. A glorious past ancient history that belongs to them which was craftily snatched and given to others. So in this book, they talk about, hey, the history being taken and given to someone else. About the history taken and being given to someone else. So it was done craftily. Somebody give me Deuteronomy 28 and 48. And then somebody else give me Psalms 83 and 3. It was craftily snatched and given to others to remove, look here, the legacy of an entire race from the minds of the masses. We start, so whether this section, part one is about what? Seeing the narrative. Just Psalms. seeing the narrative. Uh, let's go Deuteronomy 28 first, and then with Psalms 83 and 3. 28, 28. 28 and 48. 48. Okay. You shall serve your enemies whom Yah sends against you in hunger and in thirst and in nakedness. And in what? In hunger and in thirst and in nakedness. What was the last one? Nakedness. Nakedness. Okay, go ahead. And in need of all, he sh and he shall put a yoke of iron on your neck until he has destroyed you. Nakedness. Now, that Hebrew is Ehrom or either Ahrom. And there's one aspect of nakedness is in literally naked. So we can ask ourselves one question. Well, were they naked when they got on ships? Being just, just, a, just a historical question, you know. So, yes, they were naked. But this Hebrew for naked is being stripped down, not of clothes, but of self. Mind being stripped, being naked. Okay? As in what you once were, you're not no more. You won't believe this. In the garden, somebody was naked. Adam and Eve, correct? But then once they got a certain understanding, their mind what? Changed. So this nakedness, we can connect this nakedness with the same in the garden, right? That there was a change of the mind. That they, 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 there was fear sets in. So in the Torah, we are told that he would do specific things to the people of Israel for uh, uh, breaking the laws or the commandments, worshiping other gods, that there will be certain punishments, right? And he didn't say when. He just said what would happen. Right? I don't know how many times we can read, go through the scriptures where the prophets are being sent. What for? For people to repent. Over and over. You know, a king will reign. The, the kings of Israel, so-and-so reigned for 30 years bad. He So-and-so reigned for another 40 years. He was bad. So-and-so for two years. He, and and there, but all these prophets are being sent. Hopefully that you repent. So we don't know when or how Yah is going to come out with the belt, but the belt will come. He makes it real clear. It might not even be you. It might be your children or your children's children because the iniquity of the fathers rolls down to the... Hmm. And at some point, as we talked about in class this morning, 
the wages of sin is what? Uh, Psalms 83, please. And three. Psalms 83 and 3. They have taken crafty counsel against thy people and consulted against thy hidden ones. They've taken what now? Crafty counsel. Crafty counsel. Against who? Thy people. They, But they were called the what? Hidden ones? Yes. They were, the hidden ones. Thy hidden ones. So I wonder when we go back to that first slide in that book Slaving and Slave Ships where the Moors told the Portuguese what again? And them dark skinned people down there they're nothing. They're cursed of God. Predestined to be slaves. Remember emotions put to the side. Well look I done got invited to black churches Sunday churches talk about this stuff and you know what never happens? They, they never call me back. I gotta go somewhere tomorrow and you know what I think? They ain't going to call me back. <laughs> That's what I think. They're not going to call me back. Because when it all comes down to it, repent and be saved. Mm-hmm. Change. Walk. You got to rely. You have to make your life have to revolve around the word. Not all these other things revolving around your life. Mm. So we end up right back to square one. Mm-hmm. So when we get to the New Testament, they're very clear. Hey, you're supposed to obtain salvation, not the wrath. Apparently, the wrath is coming. So you have a choice. Salvation or the wrath. It's not very, it's not, it's not complicated. Y'all so good. He's like, look, I'm going to have a whole bunch of stuff happen to where the entire world can turn to me. Or <laughs> people can make a choice and get this butt whooping that's coming. Because mm-hmm. we talked about before, y'all is about the bigger picture. That there are big things that got to be dealt, dealt with and addressed. And it's far beyond just the who is or is not an Israelite. Right? It's more, and, and, and even goes beyond about people living in sin. There are bigger things. Right? I think we are told we're supposed to do what? Judge angels. So there are big things on Yah's you know, checklist to do. Big things. All of creation moans for Yahshua. All of creation. All of creation. So this is just small potatoes. Just small potatoes. Anyway, so the crafty counsel. So, th- so in this book they talk about the craftily snatched and given to others to remove the legacy of an entire race from the minds of the masses. Okay? Okay, so we'll talk about uh, history as far as our school system. Okay? He's a nice guy. But I don't know how he's about yah and stuff. I don't know. But I don't know. Some people are too smart for their own good. It is a fact that when people think of Africa, um, African history doesn't kind of drop very much for most people because black people have largely been erased from the respectable commentary of history. So why is that? Well, the modern world of today didn't start today, it started in 1492. And what happened in 1492? Europe became the most powerful people on the planet. The fact that Europe has conquered, colonized, and enslaved the rest of the world means that Europe controls information about the rest of the world. And they've been able to control the information in two ways. They control it directly by controlling information, and they control discourse around the information. Now, once people are in a position to control information, 
they are able to decide what goes into the schools, what goes into colleges, what goes into universities. They are able to decide whether or not a particular book gets stocked in a bookshop. They are able to decide what TV documentaries get made about certain information. And essentially, Europe has had something of a monopoly. And they've been able to use that monopoly to present themselves as the centerpiece of world history, world culture, world civilization, and remove us and the Native Americans completely from world history. And once you control what goes into the bookshops, what, once you control what goes into the schools, the colleges, the universities, once you control what gets into the media, you're, it's possible to reinforce a position that removes black people from world history. That's what Europe has done. The second element as well is that Europe has controlled the discourse around history. And what that discourse in fact means is, on one hand, Europe has done a great deal to conquer, colonize, and enslave black people and destroy our written records. Europe has also been able to uh, write their versions of our history. To the victor goes the spoils. quite truthful, sometimes quite accurate versions. The third thing they've been able to do has been to discredit those European scholars that told the truth. Correct. Now, that's a very powerful position because then you have one group of people telling the truth and another group discrediting them. So when ancient Greeks tell us that the ancient Egyptians were black people, you can then discredit those ancient Greek writers. When we're dealing with the West African Empire of Songhai, and Lady Lugard writes her book, A Tropical Dependency, which tells about the West African Empire of Songhai, you can discredit her and make her book disappear. And these are the kind of tricks they've been able to do. And then the fourth and final thing that Europeans have been able to do is shift the discourse by moving the goalposts. At one time, history was about, do you have records? And of course, when we're dealing with the West African Empire of Songhai, there's some good, solid material written by black scholars in the 17th and 16th centuries about that empire, which you could use as good source material. Then, in the age of what we now call postmodernism, you can then say, we don't believe any sources. And every source has to be checked, has to be scrutinized from a skeptical perspective, the perspective that says, I don't believe this. Now, Europe can play that game because Europe has got so many records, you can diss half of them and then run with the other half and the history doesn't change. But if you have fewer records to begin with, because so many of them have been destroyed, once you present what you have, you can't then diss half, because what's left, you can't write a history from. And that's a way of moving the goalposts, so that even when we do have records, scholars are able to downplay and disregard the history. Do what I tell you to do. So this section in, the, in their book, they call, it was called Reclaiming Stolen Goods. So we just heard what uh, I think Walker, Dr. Walker just said um, about, and I actually ran across that problem when I was writing my first book about certain 
sources not being deemed accredited. Well, why not? This author, you know, did the work and multiple sources, sources of, you know, different walks of life, you know, uh, recording maybe an eyewitness of some somebody from, you know, X amount of hundred of years ago or something like that. So 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 that is that is pretty pretty accurate in what he was saying. So in this book they talk they says an African American you may have been so brainwashed by white controlled educational systems in this country that it's difficult for you to accept the truth. Okay. Now there's another aspect of this that this will not be the only thing that the principalities and powers are going to lie about. It's going to be the only thing. So in the end game, well, the father of lies is the father of lies, and that people, all humans, are created in the image of Elohim. Therefore, this human race, there's only one race, right? Right? There's only one race, human race. You're all actually at, we're all actually enemies of the father of lies. We're just kind of isolating this topic here. So if the principalities behind this movement will lie about this, what else are they lie about? What else are they going to lie about? This is just one section of it. The truth will always rise. Someone once said the truth crushed to the ground will always raise his head. Thank God the truth is being raised in this generation. What you are reading in this book about black studies is a part of the movement of God. Professors and scholars are revealing the truth about ancient black history while black preachers across North America are, are talking the marvelous ways of God, what uh, marvelous ways of God use black folk in the Bible. Excuse my typo. That was on page 15. Um, this book, I think, was came out like 2003. So Isaiah 58. All right. Isaiah 58. Let's turn there. Rita, Rita. No, yeah, I'm, I'm, no, you alright, brother? I'm playing. I did that. <laughs> I did that last week. You, you weren't here. I was screaming. I was like, Rita, what my Rita? I said, fifty-eight. <laughs> what through And starting one through seven. Gotcha. Cry aloud. Mm -hmm. Do not spare. Mm -hmm. Lift up your voice like a shofar. Declare to my people their transgression. Do what? Declare to my people their transgression. One more time. Declare to my people their transgression. Keep going. And though the house of Yaakov their sins, mm. yet they seek me day by day mm -hmm. and delight to know my ways as a nation that did righteousness. Mm. And did not forsake the right ruling of their Elohim. Mm. They ask of me right rulings of righteousness. They delight in drawing near to Elohim. They say, why have we fasted and you have not seen? Mm. Why have we afflicted in the day of your fasting and you find pleasure? And drive on all your laborers. Look, you fast for strife and contention. And to strike with the fist of wrongness. You do not fast as you do this day to make your voice heard on high. It is, is it a fast that I have chosen, a day for a man to afflict his being? Mm. Is it to bow down his head like a bulrush and to spread out sackcloth and ashes? 
Do you call this a fast and an acceptable day to Yah? Is this not the fast that I have chosen? Mm -hmm. To loosen the tight cords of wrongness. To do what? To loosen the tight cords of wrongness. Mm. To undo the bands of yoke. To exempt the oppressed and to break off every yoke. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and that you bring to your house the poor who are cast out when you see the naked and cover him and not hide yourself from your own flesh? Hmm. Was Isaiah 58, 1 through 7. Uh, you just talked about the yoke. Somebody give me Matthew 11 and 28 through 30. Matthew 11, 28 through 30. Yah said, "I wanna, I wanna cut loose. I wanna cut loose the yoke. I wanna make things light for you. Sometimes people don't like light. Sometimes we like it hard. We like it hard because we didn't adjusted ourselves too hard. We've adjusted ourselves to complicated. We've we've taken that defeated attitude, and not just black people, but just people just in general, especially the people of the Most High. They have taken the uh, uh, attitude of being defeated, and He's like, look, I wanna loose the bands.'" I want you to be free. I love to take the yoke off of you. But you have to be reminded of your sins and your transgressions. So what am I supposed to do? Y'all so holy that you can't even be in his presence. It'll burn, it'll burn you up. That's why the book says he's a, he's a consuming fire. That's why he said, Moses, look, I like you. I like you so much. I like to, I like to see my face, but I, want to, I, <laughs> I don't want to kill you. So you see my backside. You see my back parts. Who got Matthew 11? Matthew 11, 28 through 30. Mm -hmm. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. Heavy laden? Yes, sir. Mm. And I will give you rest. Mm. Take my yoke upon you. Take his what? Yoke upon you. Uh -huh. And learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your soul. Rest for who? Your soul. Uh -huh. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So he wants you to drop... The yoke here in Isaiah 58. He wants you to take the yoke of Matthew 11. I want you to be free. But you don't want freedom. Sometimes we done got used to that pit. Now back in Isaiah 58 and 8. We had to read 1 through 7 to get to verse 8. Mm -hmm. Then shall thy light break forth as the morning. And thine health shall spring forth speedily. And thy righteousness shall go before thee. The glory of the Lord shall be thy reward we just read about you know the truth okay the truth crushed to the ground will always raise his head so we read Isaiah 58 1 through 7 right one thing about the truth is that you got drop you got drop yokes you know we can't we can't be lukewarm you hot or you're cold. You can't be lukewarm. You can't hold on to the yoke, hold on to the weights, and then give me the truth. That don't work. You only got two hands. Huh? Well, you know, brother, I got a lot of pockets and I got a backpack. So, then shine thy light, break forth as the morning, and thine health shall spring forth speedily. And thy righteousness shall go before thee, and the glory of the Lord shall be thy reward. He can't help but be holy. Glory just, glory just jump off of him because he's so holy. 
Isaiah 58, 8, health. What does it mean, health? See that word in green? Anybody can say that? Say it again. Good. Man, we, we, we still have we class today. <laughs> class always in session. All right, so, <laughs> so, ahruka, ahruka. Okay, it means health, but more restoration. And we say anytime we find a Hebrew word, it's only in our Tanakh a few times. Pay attention. Pay attention. It's six times. Six times. Somebody give me 2 Chronicles 24 and 13 and somebody give me Nehemiah 4 and 7, please, speedily. Only six times in the whole Tanakh. 2 Chronicles. 24 and 13. And somebody give me Nehemiah 4 and 7. of what? Restoration. And the work of restoration was put towards the what? To the establishment of the house of mm. Oh. Isaiah 58 and 8. You won't believe what the most I said. Then shall thy light break forth as the morning and thine health shall spring forth. One more time. And the workers labor and the work of restoration. Work of restoration progressed, progressed in their hands. And they established the house of Elohim. So the health, he was talking about the temple in Isaiah 24. I mean, sorry, in 2 Chronicles 24. That health, that word, that word, uh, sorry, that word here, it's only used six times in your tonight. 2 Chronicles 24 and 13, talking about the temple. But I thought they were using Isaiah 58 and 8. It is. So you got to see the big picture. Who got Nehemiah 4 and 7? Go ahead, son, read. But it came to pass uh -huh. that Sambalot and Tobiah and the Iberians and the Ammonites and the Adestrioites here of the walls of Jerusalem were made up and that the breach, breaches began to be stopped. Then they were very rough. So, read, read that again. But it came to pass as, as that when Semelot and Tobiah and the Iberians and the Ammonites and the Adeshuites That's all right. heard that the walls that the what the walls of that, Jerusalem that the walls of Jerusalem were made up were made up that the walls of Jerusalem were made up keep going and that the breaches began to be stopped the breaches began to be stopped. Does that make sense, brothers and sisters? Mm -hmm. Then shall thy light break forth as the morning and thine health. So he's, ta he's talking about health. He's talking about building something. Mm -hmm. Talking about building up Jacob. How did it say, what was 58 and 1 again? What did it say? Cry? Cry out aloud? Spare not? Spare not? Mm -hmm. 
lift up thy voice like a shofar and tell the house of their sins and their but in verse 8 it's talking about your health and then it's only you six times in the book and two out of the six is specific the temple He's building a greater temple. First Peter 2 and 5. Ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house. A holy priesthood. To offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to Elohim by Yahshua HaMashiach. Do we see that in Isaiah 58 chapter? 1 through 8. He's talking about building something. And we have Cephas telling you, you're a lively stone. Everybody put in here, put together, we're making up a house. Second Chronicles 24 and 13 and Nehemiah 4 and 7 specifically talking about the walls and the, the, the structure of the temple of Jerusalem. But before he even get there, he said, cry out. Lift up thy voice like a trumpet. Tell my people of their sins. And transgressions. So when I'm up here on this day, and we're talking about black history, understand in West Africa there was sin and transgression. And someone on high said, The wages of sin is death. Off in the ships you go. The iniquity rose from generation to generation. He blew his wind and the ships went. The, the, new, the gospels tell us that Yahshua controls the wind. So you got to see Mashiach on the coast going <sighs> Well what's the answer brother? Repent and be saved. Kelly. Yes, sir. Be in Jeremiah 30. She's going to play it. them to return to the land that I gave to their fathers, and they shall possess it. Now these are the words that the Lord spoke concerning Israel and Judah. For thus says the Lord, We have heard a voice of trembling, of fear, and not of peace. Ask now and see whether a man is ever in labor with child. So why do I see every man with his hands on his loins like a woman in labor, and all faces turn pale? Alas, for that day is great, so that none is like it. And it is the time of Jacob's trouble, but he shall be saved out of it. For it shall come to pass in that day, says the Lord of hosts, that I will break his yoke from your neck, and will burst your bonds. Foreigners shall no more enslave them, but they shall serve the Lord their God, and David their king, whom I will raise up for them. Therefore do not fear, O my servant Jacob, says the Lord, nor be dismayed, O Israel, for behold, I will save you from afar 
and your seed from the land of their captivity. Jacob shall return, have rest, and be quiet, and no one shall make him afraid. For I am with you, says the Lord, to save you. Though I make a full end of all nations where I have scattered you, yet I will not make a complete end of you. But I will correct you in justice, and will not let you go altogether unpunished. For thus says the Lord, Your affliction is incurable, your wound is severe. There is no one to plead your cause that you may be bound up. You have no healing medicines. All your lovers have forgotten you. They do not seek you. For I have wounded you with the wound of an enemy, with the chastisement of a cruel one, for the multitude of your iniquities, because your sins have increased. Why do you cry about your affliction? Your sorrow is incurable. Because of the multitude of your iniquities, because your sins have increased, I have done these things to you. Therefore all those who devour you shall be devoured, and all your adversaries, every one of them, shall go into captivity. Those who plunder you shall become plunder, and all who prey upon you I will make a prey. For I will restore health to you, and heal you of your wounds, says the Lord, because they called you an outcast, saying, This is Zion, no one seeks her. Thus says the Lord, Behold, I will bring back the captivity of Jacob's tents, and have mercy on his dwelling places. The city shall be built upon its own mound, and the palace shall remain according to its own plan. That was Jeremiah 30, 1 through 18. Okay? Mm -hmm. And talked about the cures that are incurable. The wounds. Right? We talked about the mind. We talked about earlier about the tail bearer and the words. How it goes deep down into the belly. But that's, you know, also up here. Okay, he said, I'm, I'm going to do something about that. He said, I'm going to do something. He said, no matter where I scattered you, no matter where you're at, I'm going to come and do something, but in that meantime, you gotta be you got to be getting right. Put the pork chop down. It's real simple. Okay, it's grill time. I get it. You got to have pig feet. Get them stinking chitlins out that house. Huh? New age, new era. Right? Stop being homo. Hmm? Stop following trends. Who's, who said gays are new black? Who put that in the atmosphere? Incarceration high, rate high. Don't do crimes. Who conditioned your mind? Who, who, who conditioned your mind? Are there some people jammed up who probably said, yeah. yeah. But who conditioned your mind? Who told you to hustle? You ain't got to sell dope. You ain't got to be a jacker. Wait on people to stop at the light, run out there. And, I mean, you, you ain't, you ain't got to do that. Who conditioned you? Who told you that? Who told you that? Why do you speak that? Why do you think and speak that? Who, who, who said that? Hmm? Socialism? No matter what president. I know a lot of black people like that. Obama, don't say that about Obama. Play. You look at, uh, was it Clinton was the one that came with the three strikes, you out. Hmm? It rose with Bush, incarceration rate. It rose with Obama. Then Obama at the end, he tries to say, yeah, we got to do something about this. Why he said the first seven years? Why he said last year? Once again, narrative. 
story. Last, last one here. talking about your mind is so messed up I couldn't imagine Malcolm X if he kept Torah mm -hmm. I couldn't imagine Malcolm X if he kept Torah and was filled with the Ruach because some people that keep Torah ain't got no spirit in them and they ain't buying nothing a bunch of good words can or can you know orator real well <laughs> I, you know I, I, I couldn't I couldn't like Allah moon God mm. so you can only get so far mm. you're only going to get so far so when we talk about painting a narrative in the picture right that's when he was incarcerated now obviously I think in the story of Malcolm X I think when he went over to Mecca I think when he kind of really started making some real change and they had to get, get rid of him um, but, but, but point being the mind the mind I said I would scatter them to the corners. I would make the remembrance of them to cease from among men. Deuteronomy 32 and 26. I will make the remembrance of them cease from among men. Whew. Hosea 4 and 6. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because they have rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee. Thou hast been no priest to me. Uh, Exodus 19 and 6 real quick. Off script. It says, y'all, you are not a priest to me. Anybody that walked his way of life should understand what the purpose of Israel was. What was the purpose? Exodus 19 and 6. And you shall be to me a reign of priests. A what? A reign of priests and a set apart nation. Those are the words which you are to speak to the children of Israel. To the who? The children of Israel. So the class objective, your mission statement. All of the Israelites, wherever you at, all your descendants, blue, black, brown, wherever. You're supposed to be a priest. Set apart people. But Yah says, I will reject thee that thou shalt be no priest to me. 
then you've forgotten the law of thy God. I'll also forget your children. As they were, as they were increased, so they sinned against me. Therefore, I will change their glory into shame. Like glory like that. That's a, 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 I forgot I remember his name, but it was an Arabic artist, and he drew the Ghana kingdom. He said, I'll change your glory to shame. Is that what the book just said in Hosea? Is that, is that, is that what he said? Like that kind of shame? He said, I'll turn your glory to shame. We just, I mean, even now the kings of God and Esther got a bunch of gold. But what you doing with it? I don't know. Yes, I'll turn your glory to shame. Lies are just lies. We've got to see through the lies. Understand the narrative. This is a, a hey, scratching your head. Black Indian slave narratives by Patrick Menges. Equally so, opening up the canons of history. So remember, we've we've we have examples of of one doctor saying, "Hey, man, when it comes to some history, black history, man, cover that stuff up." Listen to this. Opening up the canons of history to include the subjugation of Native Americans within the institution of slavery proves similarly problematic for Africanists. So people that are so pro-black to an extreme are going to run into a problem. It seems that scholars have chosen to ignore the fact that significant body of those enslaved were indigenous persons of America. Uh-oh. So are we saying that there were some people over here that would have been similar to the people that they brought over and just threw them all in the same boat. And this guy is, is writing, he's writing primarily about Native Americans. When I saw that, mm, make me think. Ezekiel 13 and 22, because with lies you have made the heart of the righteous sad, whom I have not made sad. And strengthen the hands of the wicked that he should not return from his wicked way by promising him life. In Ezekiel 13, 22, he's talking to the priest of Israel. Hmm? How many priests or preachers or leaders or teachers or whatever are making people sad? He said, why, why are you making their heart sad? You're making people go wicked and they won't even return from their wicked way. Because of lies. Psalms 40 and 4. Blessed is the man that maketh the Lord his trust and respect not the proud nor such as turn aside to lies. So it's a blessing for us to accept the truth. All of the truth. All of the truth has, got to, it has to be uh, something that is accepted. Got another example here. It's Black Southerners by John B. Bowles. He is a uh, uh, white man. He's writing about life for a southern slave. Now he's, his his point is to make it seem as not so bad that it was a culture. And it's like, okay, whatever. But he says something that's very true. He says, not all blacks were slaves. Fact. Fact. It seems that scholars have chosen to ignore the fact that there was a significant body of those enslaved were indigenous. So there were some people who were already here that were that were enslaved, plus people coming over on ships. This book, it says that not all blacks were slaves. Mm -hmm. 
fact. Habakkuk 2.18 will prophet the graven image that the maker thereof hath graven it, the molten image and a teacher of lies that the maker of his work trusts therein to make dumb idols. We're talking about idols, right? We see that? We follow along? We're talking about idols. Habakkuk. Okay? World's great men of color. This is the guy that was talking about earlier. Um, that they had to they had to use the natives to to win West Africa with Christianity, right? Well, this is the guy they used, Samuel J. Crowther in 1806 or 1892. This is what he said, and he was uh, up in the in the, in the the presence of the queen and the prince. He didn't know the queen was there listening. He said, "It is the people in England," he said, "who are to blame for sending out rum." which destroys the natives physically and morally, increasing the death rate frightfully and arousing the worst instincts in them. Liquor is far worse than the idols we used to worship. Liquor is far worse than the idols we used to worship. Liquor is far worse than the idols we used to worship. What idols? What part of the graven image that the maker thereof hath graven it? The molten image and a teacher of lies that the maker of his work trusted therein to make dumb idols. Now, so I'm just quoting what he said. Liquor is far worse than the idols. We talked about last year about how um, uh, the sugar from the islands, uh, making the, the whiskey, the rum, and you know, what was, what was it in Joel, second chapter about wine for the girl, Harlot for a boy, right? So we're just connecting the dots. First Timothy four one through three. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times, latter times, latter times, some should depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. So we shouldn't be surprised when crazy stuff happens or people start teaching something off the wall. It's just what they let you know that you're in the what latter times. Speaking what lies. In what? Hypocrisy. So lying on purpose. Having their conscience seared with the hot iron. I didn't get to get this on the slide, but um, we talk about stuff like this. Social engineering. Okay? Making society think a certain way. Right? Tavistock Institute. Remember we saw a little film about, um, about the academic world. Okay, I'm going to read a part of this. I'm on page 147 in this book. Um, the CFR, which is Council for Foreign Relations, is the primary U.S. foreign policy think tank in the United States. It's one of the central institutions for socializing American elites from all major sectors of society. Media, banking, academia, academia, academia. Then it goes on to list military intelligence, diplomacy, corporations, NGOs, civil society, etc. They, well, they work together to construct a, con a consensus on major issues related to American imperial interests around the world. So once again, this topic we're on today is, is, a, is a part of it, but there's other stuff. But point being that academia has been infiltrated. Now, I'm going to give you what I want to give you, and the book already told us that, so we shouldn't be surprised. Speaking lies and hypocrisy. An uh, interesting article I found, I've been holding this for about a little over, I guess, yeah, a year, close to a year. Benjamin Franklin, you know who Benjamin Franklin is, right? Okay, he wrote a 
interesting essay about the Moors of Western Europe. America's Land of Opportunity, 1751, Benjamin Franklin. You just find, uh, you type in Benjamin Franklin and essay or article on uh, Germans or black Germans. It, 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 it'll, you'll, it'll, yeah, wow, anyway. So, Ben Franklin on stupid, swarthy Germans. Immigrants to America have always been feared and hated. Okay, so they're, they're talking about the first part, but this is the part I want to get to. The other objection that Ben Franklin had to German immigrants was their swarthy complexion, which as an affront to the purely white people who settled, originally settled America. Why should Pennsylvania, founded by the English, become a colony of aliens who will shortly be so numerous as to Germanize us instead of or anglifying them? Right? We saw a screen, a, a little clip where the doctor was talking about right, an aspect of war and colonization. Whoever wins, you get to impute your, your, your whatever. So he says, Benjamin Franklin, the Germans, he said, so the, will be so numerous as to Germanize us instead of our anglifying them and will never adopt our language or customs any more than they can acquire our complexion. Huh? What did he just say? He just said the German emirates up top were swarthy. Then he said they can't acquire our complexion. Keep reading. Which leads me to add one remark. That the number of purely white people in the world is proportionably very small. Now what was we all taught in school about the ships that came over here, um, the um, pilgrims? But the first was what? They were getting what? Religious what? Freedom. Freedom. But if you listen to Ben Franklin, you're like, man, we're about to do our own thing. Which leads me to add one remark, that the number of purely white people in the world is proportionally very small. All Africa is what? Black or tawny? Asia, chiefly tawny. L listen. America, exclusive of the newcomers. America, exclusive of the newcomers. Talking about them. Holy soul. Holy soul what? Tawny. Now, didn't this dude in this book say that not all blacks were slaves? slaves? And then in the black Indian narratives, didn't they say that there were people indigenous already there? Mm -hmm. So once again, history can just be a pile of lies. Social engineering, the masses. And in Europe, the Spaniards, Italians, French, Russians, and Swedes are generally of what we call a swarthy complexion, as are the Germans also. So he compares the French, Russian, Swedes, Spanish, Italians, to the Germans as far as how they look. And the Saxons only accepted who with the English make the principal body of white people on the face of the earth. I could wish their numbers were increased and while we are, as I may call it, scouring our planet by clearing America of woods and so making this side of our globe reflect a brighter light to the eyes of inhabitants in Mars or Venus. Why should we be, why should we in the sight of superior beings darken its people? 
Why should we, in the sight of superior beings, darken its people? Why increase the sons of Africa by planting them in America? Hmm? Where we have so far fair an opportunity by excluding all blacks and tawnies. Increasing the lovely white and red. But perhaps I am partial, and this is a very true statement, but perhaps I am partial to the complexion of my country. For such kind of partiality is natural to mankind. That's right. That's, I mean, that's true, being honest. But it paints a different picture of America in the 17 and 1800s. From what Benjamin Franklin said, to what Dr. Bowles is talking about with black Southerners, to the, the black Indian narratives, it paints a whole different picture. So once again, if we have to see past the narrative, And I might not be able to work this. I'd like to show this. I want to get the time. I probably can't do it. That gummit. It's okay. 